Well, good morning, everyone. I'm so glad that you're joining with us here on the very first Sunday of Advent. Can you believe that the fall is over and that Christmas is almost here? And Advent, if you don't know what it is, Advent is really the Christian season that prepares us for Christmas. It's all about longing for Jesus. It's all about looking for Jesus. It's all about us actually practicing those themes of Advent of peace, joy, hope, and love. And for this Advent, we're actually going to be doing something a little bit different that I'm actually quite excited about. That to help us prepare for Christ, for his arrival, and to find him, we're actually calling this series Christmas at the Movies. And what we're going to be doing is using some short Christmas movie clips throughout this series to help us as really jumping off points to really explore those themes of peace, joy, hope, and love. To really actually explore that idea of how do we find Christ in the midst of whatever we are going through. Because Advent is all about the promise that even in the most difficult or dark spaces, that's where Jesus shows up. And so we're going to be using some Christmas movies as a way to kind of start that conversation. And this might sound a little bit funny, but this is actually what Jesus did. And no, I don't mean that Jesus used like Christmas movies in his preaching and teaching. But what Jesus did do consistently, actually, is use common kind of cultural stories and things people would understand to really reveal what his kingdom is about. So we kind of want to follow him in that, using these cultural kind of realities of movies to use them as springboards to talk about some scriptural truths that we all need to know and to practice to follow Christ. Because I don't know about in your life, but in my life, we have a kind of a tradition as a family of watching many different Christmas movies as we go forward to Christmas. This can be movies like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or The Grinch, which we're going to take a look at here today. It can also be movies like Home Alone, which my boys love, or Die Hard, which is also a Christmas movie, even though my wife strongly objects to that. But what we want to take a look at is some of those traditional Christmas movies and how they might give us an entrance and an insight into some things of God. So as I said, today I want to talk about The Grinch, actually. And The Grinch is an amazing movie. The Grinch is really a parable for us to really explore. I'd actually briefly contemplated actually just showing you The Grinch movie um, for all of us to kind of see for church here today. It's only actually 26 minutes long. But then if I did that, you'd all wonder, you know, what do you do, you know, during the week? So today I want to talk a little bit about The Grinch movie itself and then how this can help us specifically in preparing for peace. Because peace really is a Christmas theme. Peace is one of the candles that we light for Advent. Peace is what we are called to be a part of at Christmas. And The Grinch can give us a unique insight into this. And so today, as I said, we're going to take a look at the movie The Grinch a little bit. And in case you don't know what it is, this is the original kind of 1960s version that I want to talk about. I'm kind of a purist with it. It's only, as I said, 26 um, minutes long. It's been on TV since the 60s. And Dr. Zeus really gives us some amazing insight into people in our lives who are like Grinches. So in case you're not familiar with the story or the movie, we're going to show one brief clip to introduce you to the Grinch. And then I want to talk about how do you find and create peace in the midst of Christmas, even in the midst of having to perhaps deal with some people who are a little bit like this Grinch in this movie. So let's watch that together. Every who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot. But the Grinch, who lived just north of Whoville, did not. The Grinch hated Christmas, the whole Christmas season. Oh, please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. It could be perhaps that his shoes were too tight. It could be his head wasn't screwed on just right. But I think that the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart 
was two sizes too small. So obviously, if you haven't seen the movie, that's really who the Grinch is. He is somebody who has his heart that's really shrunk two times too small. And it has one of the best songs, actually, that is so catchy that will actually get stuck in your head, where we sing, really, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel. And then, if you've seen the movie, you know this part, we all yell, Mr. Grinch, right? And it'll get stuck in your head for weeks after hearing that. And as Dr. Zeus goes on to describe the Grinch, this is actually what he says at one point. He says, you're as a tender sweetness of a seasick crocodile. You're a monster, Mr. Grinch. Your heart's an empty hole. Your soul is an appalling dump heap overflowing with the most disgraceful assortment of rubbish imaginable, mangled up and tangled up in knots. That's an amazing line. And that's how Dr. Zeus describes the Grinch. And what I find really interesting about this movie, actually, is that Dr. Zeus gives us language for someone that we all interact with. That whether you've seen this movie or not, that word the Grinch or somebody to be Grinchy is a part of our cultural kind of lexicon or language that many of us, if you're honest, you've interacted with people who are like the Grinch in this movie. People who are difficult, people who are angry, people who are bitter, or people who actually have this real distance to you, right? That in the movie, the Grinch lives up on a mountain all by himself because that's what bitterness and Grinchiness does. It isolates you from people. But what is also likely true is that at Christmas, we often end up having to interact with people who might be a little bit of a Grinch. Whether that's somebody in your like, sales department, whether that's a neighbor or a family member that's really difficult, I think at Christmas what ends up happening for many of us is that we are forced into, and some of this is good, but we are kind of forced into many different social settings where we interact with different people, and sometimes we come across people who are just plain difficult. And so today what I want to do, I want to take a look at how do you actually deal with people who are kind of Grinches? I want to take a look at how do you deal with difficult or bitter people in our lives? Because in Christmas, this is something we can often actually encounter. I also then want to specifically take a look at how do we make sure that grinchiness or bitterness doesn't get formed in our lives? Or to use more Christian language and more Advent-appropriate language and Christmas language, today I want to talk about how do we work towards peace and root out bitterness in our lives to make sure that we can see and encounter Jesus Christ. Because this is just true. If your hope is to actually encounter Jesus this Christmas, if your hope is to find him, if your hope is to be even changed or transformed by him, then we have to be people who not only work towards peace, but also root bitterness out of our lives. Because there is nothing that will stop you from seeing Jesus in your life faster than bitterness. We actually see this in the Christmas story itself. That what ends up happening is the wise men come to King Herod. And the wise men, and this is all in Matthew 2, the wise men go to King Herod and they say there is a new king who's going to be born. And they explain all that is happening. They start to share about the reality of Jesus, although they haven't yet met him. And then Herod, though, Herod is unable to actually appreciate Jesus. Herod is unable to find Jesus. Herod is unable to actually experience the reality of who Jesus is, mainly because, as the text says, he is so angry and bitter and full of vengeance that it stops him, that it stops him from encountering Christ. And this is just true for all of us, that bitterness stops you from encountering Christ. So what I want to talk about today, using the Grinch as kind of a jumping off point, is the importance of working for peace in Christmas, and how to make sure that Grinchiness doesn't get lodged in our hearts. And to do that, I want to take a look at a bit of a strange passage. It might not be a traditional Christmas one, but it, one, it is one that really helps us to prepare for Christmas, and it's found in Hebrews 12. So today I want to read to you the passage, and then I want to work it through a bit today. 
As I said, it isn't a traditional kind of Christmas passage, but it is one that is very practical for us as we prepare for Christmas. It's all about working for peace, creating peace, and making sure that we can find Christ in the midst of whatever it is that we are facing in our lives. So I want to read to you, and then we're going to work it through here today. So we read this, starting in verse uh, 14. Work at living in peace with everyone, and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. And then the author of Hebrews says this, Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. And in many ways, I think that this passage in Hebrews 12, that Dr. Zeus's movie, The Grinch, is kind of a parable on this. So I want to work this through here today. Because the author gives us four practical things if we're going to be people of peace and actually to ensure that no bitterness is a part of our hearts to do. He gives us a focus for living, a way to live, a reminder to live with others, and something to watch out for. So the first thing that the author says is this. He says, work at living with peace with everyone. Work at living with peace forever with everyone. And if this isn't a verse for Christmas, I don't know what it is. Because in Christmas time, we do find ourselves in many different kind of social situations. And here the author of Hebrews reminds us that in every space, in every place, what we should be doing as followers of Christ, especially at Christmas, is working for peace with everyone. Notice with me that the author actually says we need to be putting in some action, some effort, some work to it. That to find true peace in our world, this doesn't come through just like passivity. It comes through action. It comes through effort and investment. So the author of Hebrews reminds us that what we are called to do as Christians is we are called to work for peace, listen to what he says, with everyone. With everyone, with everyone we encounter, we are called to be people who are peacemakers, who are peace creators, who are people who work for the goodness of peace in the lives around us. This is our calling as Christians. And I think this is a really important calling, especially at Christmas, because what we read at Christmas and what we know about Christmas is this amazing verse from Isaiah 9. For we read this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That Jesus, who comes to us at Christmas, truly is the Prince of Peace. Which means, which means that if we are going to be his followers, we need to be people who also work for peace, who also follow in the way of peace, who also ensure that we are active in seeking to create peace in our families' lives, in our neighbors' lives, and in our community life. That peace is supposed to be a byproduct of what Christians do and how they live. And so here in uh, Hebrews, the author gives us something really practical to do at Christmas. He says, work for peace. And what this might mean specifically and practically, this might mean letting some small things go. This might mean not getting dragged into some of the drama that can sometimes happen around Christmas. This might mean actually, though, also doing some hard right steps. Perhaps it means calling somebody ahead of a Christmas function who tends to be caustic and hurtful and to have a conversation about peace beforehand. Perhaps it might mean setting up some boundaries or saying no to some things. That what the author of Hebrews calls each of us to do, and I think is incredibly important, especially, especially at Christmas, is to be people who work for peace. Letting some things go and not also addressing other things. And this Christmas, if you want to experience Christ, this is where you'll find him, actually. It's in the working for peace because that is who Jesus is, the Prince of Peace. So the first thing the author says is to work for peace. Secondly, what the author um, teaches us, if we want to prevent bitterness or grinchiness, if we want to be people of peace this year, he says, work at living a holy life. Work at living a holy life. Now, often, when we hear that word holy in church, I think we have a bit of a misconception of it. 
that when we picture holiness, sometimes we think of people who are like monks, who are like totally segregated from the world. Sometimes we think of people who can't quote like a Taylor Swift lyric or use TikTok or whatever it is. That sometimes we think of holiness as complete separation from the world. But I want to be really clear on what holiness is. Holiness is not disengaging from the world. Holiness is not actually just separating from the world. Holiness, biblically and scripturally, holiness is to live life in the way of Jesus Christ. Okay, that's what holiness looks like. That holiness really specifically, it looks like Jesus. That Jesus is the true revelation of God. He is the true revelation of holiness. So when the author says to work at living a holy life, what he's saying is that we need to live life like Jesus. Which means that this Christmas, what we should be prioritizing, if we want to be people of peace, if we want to create peace, and if we want to actually live life in the way of Christ, we need to be doing things like forgiving. We need to be doing things like acting with radical generosity. We need to be doing things like acting with inclusion. We need to be doing things like being the best people at parties because Jesus was actually the best person at a party. Everyone wanted to invite him. Christians should have the same attitude that when the author says work at living a holy life, he reminds us that this is all about living life like Christ. And this is actually really clear in the text too because the author says that if we don't do this, people won't see the Lord, that people won't see Christ. And so for us, as we go into Christmas, I think this is incredibly practical and it's incredibly important because what the author reminds us of is that if we want to find Christ, we need to live a holy life. But also, this is also true, that your life will be an example to those around you. So if you aren't going to live like Christ, then those around you might not actually see the reality of Christ. So today I want to remind you of work to live a holy life so that not only will you experience Christ, but those around you will also experience him. Then thirdly, the author says this, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. This is practical and so simple, but so important for this Christmas season. That what we see in the Grinch movie actually is what we see in him is that what starts to shrink his heart is when he starts to just focus in on what he wants, what he needs, and what he desires. In the movie, he talks about the Grinch, about how much he hates all the singing and feasting of the Who's down in Whoville, that all he cares about is himself. This is for sure the path towards bitterness. This is for sure the path towards where your heart starts to shrink, when you start to focus in on just what you want and your self-interest. But here the author in Hebrews gives us an antidote to that, tells us what we should be doing if we want to make sure that bitterness doesn't get lodged in our hearts and that we're going to be people of peace in this Christmas. He says, look out for others. Look out for others. Turn your attention towards others. Don't focus in on just what you want, but look towards others so that, he says, so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. And I think this is really specific and really practical and really important for Christmas. I want to invite you to think through who in your circles, maybe at work, in your family, on your street, in your neighborhood, who do you need to look out for? Who are some people that maybe need some encouragement, that maybe need some support? That especially at Christmas, what we should be doing is not just focusing on ourselves and what we want, but those around us. This is some practical advice the author of Hebrews gives to us. If we're going to be people of peace and to prevent grinchiness from really getting lodged in our own heart. Then lastly, the author of Hebrews gives us one last piece of advice and gives us something to watch out for. Listen to what he says. He says, watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. And I think that this is very, very important for us here today. And one of the reasons I wanted to preach actually on Hebrews 12, even though it isn't a traditional kind of Christmas passage, I think it matters for our practical living and following of Christ during Christmas. 
that what the author tells us of is that we need to pay attention for a root of bitterness. And I don't know about you, but what I've seen in the world over the past kind of, I don't know, let's just say two years, is that it's never been easier for people to actually have a root of bitterness get lodged within their hearts. That what I've noticed within people and their interactions with families and friends and other people is that people today are very quick for division, for negativity, to cut people out, to just say, I'm done with you or whatever. But really what that is, is a root of bitterness. And this is something we need to pay attention for. And I bring this up not in like a judgy way, but in more of a revealing way, that what I've seen even in myself is that there has been this temptation towards letting bitterness get lodged in our hearts. But if we are going to be people of peace who not only find Christ this Christmas, but also reveal Christ to others this Christmas, we need to be really careful and to root out bitterness out of our lives. Because this is just true. Bitterness never leads to more Christ-likeness. Bitterness never leads to more Christ-likeness. It never makes us look like Jesus or help others to find Jesus. And so as we move forward into Christmas, I think this is something we really need to pay attention for. We need to pay attention for those moments when bitterness gets lodged in our hearts. Because the author of Hebrews says that bitterness actually, it troubles many. And then he says something that is also true that you already know, I'm sure, through your own experience. He says that bitterness actually corrupts many. Or to put it in different language, that bitterness spreads. That bitterness spreads. And I'm sure you've experienced that. That perhaps maybe you've gone to like a Christmas party where your sister-in-law is there who just kind of attacks you or where there's somebody who's just like bah humbug to everything. That what can end up happening is when you're around bitter people, that bitterness can spread to you and you can get angry and bitter at the bitterness of someone else. That what Hebrews reminds us of is that it's so easy to slide into bitterness and to slide into resentment, to slide really into living and looking like the Grinch in that movie. But this is something we need to be aware of. This is something we need to pay attention to. This is something we also need to root out of our lives. Because as I said, bitterness never leads to more Christ-likeness. And I think that this is a challenge, especially at Christmas. Because according to some statistics that I found on the internet, which therefore cannot be you know, untrue, I did find them on reputable sites, listen to how Christmas actually brings up more conflict for people and more kind of chance for bitterness to grow that apparently 88% of people find Christmas stressful. And when people get stressed, they often lead into conflict and to bitterness. That on average, apparently by 1028 on Christmas morning, some child will be crying in your household over, over, you know, some toy not working. Apparently that's the average. Or statistically, couples will get in at least seven holiday-related fights before Christmas. Right? That it seems to cause sometimes stress and drama and difficulty. And apparently, families will spend one hour on Christmas bickering. This is why I think that the author of Hebrews' advice for us is so practical and needed and especially pertinent for Christmas. Where he says, make sure that no root of bitterness gets in there. Make sure that when you're having conflict or stress, make sure you root that out. Make sure it doesn't take root in your hearts and in your lives because it'll just bring trouble, drama, and it will spread. And so today, today as we are talking about really how do we become people of peace or how do we prevent grinchiness in our lives, the author of Hebrews gives us four really practical things to do. He says we need to work for peace, live a holy life like Jesus, and look out for one another. And then he invites us to do a heart check. So he says work for peace, live a holy life with one another, look out for one another, and do a heart check. And so today, what is my main point to kind of start off Advent? As we really seek to prepare for Christ and his coming, as we seek to really walk into kind of this Christmas season, I want to invite you really practically to do two things. I want to invite you as we move forward into this Christmas season to root out any bitterness in your heart and to work for peace this Christmas. 
right, to root out any bitterness in your heart and to work for peace this Christmas. That's what the author says so clearly, work for peace with everyone. And I think that's what every Christian should be doing all the time, but especially at Christmas as we follow this Prince of Peace. And if you become someone who actually starts to work for peace, you will not only discover Christ, but I think it will actually enable other people to see Christ within you. So this Christmas, I want to invite you to do something simple, right? But actually something that's quite challenging when you try to do it practically. I want to invite you to root out bitterness in your own heart and to be a person who works for peace this Christmas. And then practically, how do we do that? Well, the author gave us some really practical points and things to do. That first, if you remember, he says, work for peace this Christmas. So practically, what that might look like is maybe this year, you will get your brother a Christmas gift, even though he's a little bit dysfunctional, and even though perhaps like he's not going to appreciate it or whatever, you're going to put effort into working for peace. Maybe what this means is in your office that you'll actually get a Christmas card or even a gift card for somebody in your office that actually you don't get along with well, but you're going to seek to work for peace. Maybe this year as we move further into Christmas and into kind of the snow season, you'll actually shovel your neighbor's driveway, even though he blows snow into your driveway all the time. Maybe you'll actually actively seek to work for peace that way. I think this is what we need to do to prepare for Christ and to prepare for Christmas. The author then also tells us to live a holy life like Jesus. So practically, what if you tried to do that really specifically this Christmas? That maybe if you're going into um, a family Christmas where there's some drama or some difficulty, that maybe what you will do is that you will sit and pray beforehand asking for peace to reign in that house. Maybe that's what you're going to do. Maybe specifically then what else you might do is that if you have a difficult coworker, you might actually sit next to them, right? And prior to that, at that Christmas function, actually pray a blessing over them. Because Jesus says we are called to bless our enemies. Maybe it might mean if somebody says something that is difficult or kind of gets you really angry, that rather than storming off, you're going to practice like self-control, kindness, and gentleness. These are the fruits of the Spirit. This is what Christ calls us into. I think that's a practical way to actually work for peace. The author also reminds us to look out for others. I want to invite you to think about that specifically. That at Christmas, especially in the Christian community, we should be people who are really focused on other people. So I want to invite you even right now. Is there someone in your life? Is there someone in your life who's experienced a loss, a death, where a loved one has passed away this year? I want to invite you to reach out to them. Because sometimes Christmas is really hard for people who have lost others, specifically this year. Because what ends up happening is while everybody else is celebrating, they may not feel that way. Remind them that you care for them. Maybe there's somebody who doesn't have many family or friends. This might be the year for you to invite them over, to actually include them in what you're doing. Remember what the author says, look out for one another. And then lastly, what the author says is, he says actually to root bitterness out of your own heart. And so practically, I want to invite you this year, do a heart check like every day. Is there bitterness that's getting in there? Because it can be really easy within all the drama and the goodness, but sometimes also the dysfunction of Christmas and gatherings and all of that, for bitterness to start to get lodged in our heart. And we need to be people of peace. So today, what is my main point? I want to invite you to work for peace, to be a person of peace, and to prevent bitterness and grinchiness from growing in your heart. Because what we see in the movie, actually, with the Grinch, is that the bitterness actually just isolates him from everyone. But actually what starts to change his life is when he starts to actually work for peace. When he starts to actually look at the who's and to realize what they're going through. When he starts to actually change his direction, this is when his heart starts to expand. And I think that's what Christmas really is about. It's about a heart expanding. It's about being people who work and live for peace, preventing Grinchiness. And so to close, I want to close actually with the last clip from the Grinch. It's the one where his heart grows two sizes. It's a beautiful moment. So I'm going to close with watching this together and then make some few comments before we end. But this, this sound wasn't sad. What? 
Luther sound sounded glad. Every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presence at all. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or other, it came just the same. And the Grinch, with his Grinch feet, ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes or bags. He puzzled and puzzled till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. Christmas came through, and the Grinch found the strength of ten Grinches, plus two. And that's the kind of living that I think we're called to. A living, really, where our hearts grow. And the way to do that really specifically and practically is to be someone who works for peace and roots out bitterness in our hearts. This will be ensure that this Christmas is filled not only with peace, not only with harmony, not only with goodness, but also with the presence of Christ. Because when we root out bitterness, it allows us to see Christ. And when we work for peace, we are joining with Christ. So that's what I want to invite you to do this year. Might you root out bitterness and work for peace this Christmas. Would you join with me in prayer today? God, I'm so grateful for the fact that you come to earth to seek and to save us. And so God, I pray, might we follow you and live life in your way. Might we follow in your way of peace, in your way of hope, in your way of joy, in your way of love. I pray this year, God, as we enter into really this Christmas season, I pray, God, will we be people who bring peace wherever we go. I ask you to help to prevent any grinchiness from getting lodged in our own heart so that we might see you, so that we might follow you, and so that we might be obedient to you. And I pray this all in the wonderful name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. And.